you know, we have these confines of having less stuff, but we're so much more creative within these confines. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today's episode will motivate you to be more mindful of the waste that you create. So we're having another zero waste and minimalist guest on the show. Her name is Anita Van Dyke. Anita is a qualified rocket scientist and runs a successful Instagram account about zero waste living at rocket underscore science. She was born in Guangzhou, China, raised in Australia, and currently splits her time between studying medicine in Sydney and living with her husband in San Francisco. Anita has authored a book, A Zero Waste Life, a 30-day guide published by Penguin Random House Australia. Anita's book is a guide to reducing waste without losing your lifestyle, which is why I love and appreciate her so much. She's very relatable. She talks about how she used to be a maximalist and then she became a minimalist in just three years. She's still stylish, but now she does it in a more intentional and mindful way. So without further ado, here's Anita Van Dyke. Hi, Anita. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for being here. So first of all, you have a very interesting background. You're a qualified rocket scientist. You're actually the first one I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I am an aeronautical space engineer uh, with a bachelor's degree in engineering from the University of Sydney. And yes, I'm literally a rocket scientist. That's so awesome. But I've seen that now you're studying to be a doctor and you've had this journey of quitting your you know, full-time job, six-figure salary to do that. Can you explain why the change? Yeah, in my early 20s, I had a quarter life crisis. And this is what I call my broken damn fiasco. So I was sitting in a boardroom in a corporate career, in a corporate engineering firm. And I looked around the room and I saw there was my boss, my boss's boss, and the big boss. And I could see that the career trajectory was not something that I wanted to do in the next 5, 10, 20 years time. So I said, you know what? My life is short. I've got to try something else. So I was living this really maximus lifestyle, buying something new every weekend and shopping was my kind of therapy. So from that day onwards, I quit my job and I went from this six-figure salary to only one income, which was my husband's. So I had to learn to make ends meet on one income. And that's where my plastic free journey, zero waste journey really began. Mm -hmm. And through that journey, I realized what I really wanted to do was go back to uni and study to become a doctor and to study medicine. So how did you find out about minimalism and zero waste? Well, firstly, zero waste living was something that came sort of organically. So as I said before, it wasn't environmentalism that drew me into the zero waste movement in the first instance. It was actually for financial reasons. Mm, But during that journey, I actually discovered a, a talk by Dr. Sylvia Earle. I attended one of her talks at the Sydney Opera House, and she is the original aquanaut. And she really spoke to me because I've always wanted to be an astronaut myself. That's why I studied mm-hmm. rocket scientists, but she's an aquanaut. So she discovers and explores the depths of our oceans. 
and she's done it for the last 50 years wow. and in the last 50 years she's seen how our oceans have changed from the beautiful diverse life that she saw in the early 50s to now where it's plastic ridden and full of you know sea life that's choking on plastic so in, in listening to that talk and attending that talk mm-hmm. the first thing she said was go home and make a switch get rid of your plastic drink bottles and replace it with a reusable one and I thought that's so simple not only does that save money mm-hmm. it's also environmentally very environmentally ethical and from that one switch, I opened Pandora's box of mm-hmm. how to quit plastic from my life. And not only has quitting plastic saved me money, but it's also opened a new aspect of my life, which is to be more socially and environmentally responsible. Yeah. I mean, that that's amazing that you really kept on this journey because I think even me, when I discovered the minimalism and zero waste, I'll take a few steps forward and then a, a few steps back. And mm. it's not exactly easy to to keep going. I mean, how did you encounter any challenges and what motivated you? Yeah, I mean, on that minimalism aspect, because I've sort of talked about the zero waste, but I haven't talked about the minimalism aspect. The minimalism mm-hmm. aspect was really, once again, due to the financial restrictions I had placed upon myself. Yeah. In, in quitting my job, I had to say, well, what, what really mattered? And minimalism really helped me do that. And like you say, it's it's a bumpy road it's a rocky road you can't just keep on saying that we're subjected to consumerism and marketing on an everyday basis and I've lived in San Francisco for a year and I've just come back to Sydney because my husband lives in San Francisco and in our western developed world we're told that bigger is better on a daily basis Mm-hmm. that your status symbol is based on the labels that you're wearing, the size of your house, the car that you drive, especially in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. On that daily basis, we have to go back to our morals and what our true values are. So for me, minimalism and zero waste is is the external things, but the internal things are things such as meditation, mindfulness, living more mindfully, that's where my core values are centered on a daily basis. And that's where I need to keep going back to, to keep going down this path of minimalism and zero waste. Yeah. So in terms of minimalism, let's talk about that. What were kind of the first steps that you took towards change? Well, the first steps were, I talked about the difference between the external and the internal. And some people go internally and then they their external environments change accordingly. But for me, it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. I had to change my external environment before I could reflect on my internal environment. So what I did was I moved back from a four bedroom house which was my in-laws house I was staying there we were staying there in attempt mm-hmm. to pay off some debt and we downsized to a 59 square meter apartment which I think is about 60 square feet oh uh, sorry not 60 600 square feet 600. Yeah, yeah 600 square feet 60 square feet yeah. is impossible but so, <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's teeny tiny and in doing that from a fed four bedroom place to a 60 square meter apartment I had to downsize drastically so I did the KonMari method where I touched everything Mm. and I used your videos for inspiration as well yeah I loved your minimalism series and I had those playing
going in the background whilst I did my decluttering and touched every item and sorted through my items. And that's where it all began. Mm. And about your husband, because he's on this mm. journey with you, was he like gung-ho about it? Was he on board or did he resist to any of the changes that you wanted to make? I think in any journey that's so drastic that we encounter, we have to be mindful that your partner might not be as fully engaged in the first instance. Mm -hmm. But what my husband really saw was that my corporate job was killing me. He could see that it was, wasn't what I wanted to do. And I gave it a fair go. I did it for seven years. It wasn't like I just came out of university and said, hey, this is too hard and and packed it in. I gave it a go for seven years and he could see the drastic decline in my vitality, my creativity. And he knew that what I was doing was not leading me to the right path. So in making these changes, he he realized the financial benefits. And often that's, Mm -hmm. you know, what encourages the partner to come along on the ride the financial incentive but also along the way you could see that we were happier as a couple we could Mm -hmm. go back to what truly mattered which was time with our families Mm -hmm. we just have a newborn now she's 10 weeks old oh my gosh congrats yes thank you and that's amazing yeah and minimalism has really helped with that that stripping back the excess really has given us the time to reflect on our family values our ethical Mm -hmm. values our social values and what really matters in life yeah I completely agree. Once you declutter and remove the excess, it really gives you so much space, like mental space and clarity to focus on the things that really matter, the people that really matter to you. So I love that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think our external environment is a reflection of our internal environment. So Mm -hmm. if your external environment is cluttered and filled with clothing or things that are half unused or things that are just sitting there without a home, it's sort of a reflection of how our mindset is that we have our own inner decluttering to do as well. Yes, definitely. So you call your lifestyle an eco-lux life. What does Mm. that mean? What does that look like? Can you describe it? For me, eco-living has that kind of granola-crunching, hippy-dippy kind of connotation. And especially in the past, it turned Mm -hmm. a lot of people off because they thought environmentalists just didn't shave their armpits and, you know, wore hemp clothing and lived in an uh, off-the-grid kind of community. But I want to introduce people to a new kind of environmentalism, which is eco-lux Uh, which is living a beautiful life, but also being more mindful, leaving a gentler footprint on the planet. So, you know, I used to love designer clothing and I used to love beautiful, stylish things. And I still enjoy those things, but I just do it with a more eco-friendly mindset. So instead of buying designer clothes off the rack and spending Mm -hmm. thousands of dollars on it, I choose to buy it secondhand. I choose to buy the best quality that I can afford with beautiful materials and and beautiful design, but I do it in a more sustainable way, in Mm -hmm. a slower way. And same with even designer furniture and designer homewares. I used to go to Target every weekend and just buy something that's cheap and cheerful, you know, a lovely candle or something like a lamp or something. But I realized that if I slowed down my homewares and and saved for things that I really loved, that was more meaningful to me as well. Yeah, I love that 
because what you share is more relatable to me because as a girl I grew up loving fashion and designer stuff as well like I love the ideal but then you know I also care about the environment so it's hard to balance the two but it's nice to see that it is possible there are ways to like do it in a chic way absolutely I think people are often scared away by this zero waste movement or environmentalism movement because they think that it means that you just you have to forego a certain lifestyle Mm -hmm. but the modern environmentalist is about living sustainably but also living in a chic way I live in the heart of Sydney and fashion is very important in Sydney as well it's nice we all like to look stylish and look nice I don't want to forego that part of Mm -hmm. me which is a creative part of me but at the same time we have to balance that with the with the ethics of um living and wearing more sustainable clothing yes definitely have you found that some of your lifestyle choices are contradicting for example like i've seen that you know when you konmari your things you're throwing away a lot of stuff but that is not necessarily good because i know you can donate some but on the other hand you know a lot of it will go to landfills and like have you found contradicting ideas because i feel like there are yeah i was like yeah, I think that what you're saying is right. And in my book, A Zero Waste Life, I talk about disposing of items mindfully. So you mentioned mm-hmm. a lot of things have to go to landfill. What I suggest mm-hmm. and what I mentioned in my book is think of alternative ways before you send it to landfill. So there's mm-hmm. great companies out there such as TerraCycle, TerraCycle USA, TerraCycle Australia, New Zealand, things like that, where you can send things that are, can't be recycled or can't be donated and they recycle it for you they make new products for you so a good example is toothpaste so you often think those toothpaste Mm -hmm. tubes can't be recycled and it's really hard to find sustainable options you can make it yourself but some people have sensitive teeth so what I suggest is collect all your toothpaste tubes and send it off once every six months to TerraCycle and they recycle it and make pencil cases out of it. Mm, Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. There's always a creative way to think of upcycling or recycling your old things. And that's what I want to encourage your listeners to do, to be creative within these confines. And I think that's what you do, Aileen, as well, so well, which is creativity within minimalism. You know, we have these confines of having less stuff but we're so much more creative within these confines yeah I mean what has been your biggest challenge in this journey towards a more mindful life to be honest the most challenging thing is that I can no longer be ignorant to the state of our planet Mm. so I think I was living this life of naivety where I had blindfolds on in terms of climate change in terms of plastic pollution in terms of the way that the humans are impacting on our planet and this movement of zero waste living and minimalism has opened my eyes to the way that we're living and how it directly impacts on the ecosystems around us so my angelo who i love and is a great writer says it the best when you know better you do better mm. and now that i know better i have to do better So that's the hardest Mm. part, that I can no longer be ignorant to it. Yeah. And even in my personal journey, I feel like the conflict with like trying to explain yourself to your friends and family why you want to do certain things. What advice do you have for people who are just starting their journey and feel like 
they're just so different from their community, you know, like yeah. just try, you know, bringing a reusable cup everywhere or bringing your own utensils. How do you deal with that? And people who don't agree with you or people who don't care? I think the easiest thing to do is to lead by example. I always find that everyone's on their own journey and they might not be at the same place you are. And I have to think back on when I was 27 and living that maximus lifestyle that I wasn't ready to go through this kind of realization, this awakening. It was through my own journey and through my own learnings that I could. So I think the first thing to do is not to preach, but to teach. So instead of preaching to people and Mm. trying to make them feel guilty about the way they're living, just lead by example. So do your own thing, bring your keep cup, bring your reusable utensils, bring your napkins, bring your stainless steel drink bottle. And if they ask about it, educate. Tell them why you're doing it. Tell them why you're passionate about it. And Mm -hmm. that's the way to make and promote change. Yeah, I agree too. Lead by example. So let's talk about your book, A Zero Waste Life in 30 Days. I guess, what do you want the readers to gain from this book? I think I want the readers to know that a zero waste living is is not as scary or as daunting as the term sounds. So zero is just a goal. It's just a number. But Mm -hmm. really what it's about, it's just about leaving a gentler footprint on the planet. So what I suggest to readers is to go through those 30 days. And the, the term zero waste, I'm actually playing a play on words, a bit of a pun, because it's not just about a plastic free diet. It's about living a truly zero waste life. So that means not wasting your time, wasting your energy. Oh, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And being just living more mindfully. So that's what I'm trying to get out of the book, that it's about living a truly zero waste life from your environment to your internal Uh, environment yeah yeah I love that I guess I never thought of it that way with zero waste because it's a newer concept to me but I think of you know the KonMari method like only keeping things that spark joy I've applied that to every other area of my life like relationships or my to-do list you know only keep the things that spark joy yeah so it's cool that you can do this too with zero waste like yeah don't waste your energy or your time yeah that's right one of my favorite quotes in my book is plastic is mother nature's non-renewable resource and time is ours so we have to treat both as precious resources plastic should be treated as what it is a a rare resource rather than something that's Mm -hmm. cheap and can be used ubiquitously everywhere yeah and same with time time is our non-renewable resource we should be using it sparingly and for things that truly matter Mm. and Just a question for people who are starting this journey. They obviously have a lot of plastic in their homes. What do you recommend? Like, how do you mindfully discard or throw those away? Because I've I've learned that most plastic things that we own aren't recyclable. Yeah. So right. Yeah. And that's that blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So most people have the concept that plastic, you put it in the recycling bin and it gets actually recycled. But actually, Mm -hmm. plastic is downcycled. So what that Mm -hmm. means is that every time it goes through the recycling plant, it actually goes into a poorer and poorer form of quality plastic until it can't be recycled any further. And it just sits in landfill and leaches mm-hmm. you know toxic chemicals and causes methane and causes greenhouse gas emissions so that's the issue with plastic and and that's the difference between say plastic and glass and aluminium so glass can be recycled infinitely without degradation to the quality of the material whereas plastic can't mm. 
So the first thing I do and what I talk about in my 30 day guide is firstly do a trash bin audit. So go through your trash bin and look at what you're actually throwing away. So what are the frequent flyers going into that bin? Is it plastic takeaway containers, disposable coffee cups? Is it plastic drink bottles? What is it that you're actually throwing away on a weekly basis? In understanding that and doing an audit on that, you can start making sensible switches that are really easy. So, you know, a common thing is uh, the big four plastics. So the big four are plastic straws, plastic bags, plastic bottles, and plastic takeaway coffees. And the big four are the most common things found on beachside cleanups. And all of those have reusable options. So if you think about it, plastic bag, a reusable tote bag, plastic drink bottle, just get a stainless steel Mm -hmm. one, plastic takeaway coffee cup, Choose the sit down option, have your coffee at the cafe or use a reusable coffee cup. And finally, the plastic straw. What I like to say is just use your mouth. You don't really (laughs) need a straw for most of your drinks. But if you find that you do need a straw, use a stainless steel one. It's really easy. Yeah, I understand those switches, but do you feel guilty of like decluttering the plastic that's already in people's home right now? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what do you do with that? I think firstly, we have to dispose mindfully. So instead of just donating mm-hmm. certain things, we can be creative. So we can send things to preschools. So if you have a lot of toys, if you have a family or whatnot, we can send things mm. to preschools or kindergartens for them to reuse. If you have, say, magazines or books, think about taking it to your local doctor office or the hospital where they can use those items or think about gifting mindfully so you know if you're going through your clothes maybe do a clothing swap with friends or do a market store on the weekend to sell your clothes Mm -hmm. things like that for the plastic items if you find that you really don't need them I suggest sending it to TerraCycle for recycling Mm -hmm. Or just knowing better. So using up your items and and then next time when you buy Mm -hmm. things, be a more conscious consumer and know that you have to buy better. Right, definitely. Today's sponsor is Drops. Drops delivers powerful, eco-friendly cleaning products right to your door. I personally love using laundry pods. They're super easy, just pop them in with your laundry. Well, Drops invented the laundry pod and then they made them even better. There are no fancy swirls or dyes used in their products. Instead, Drops offers a plant-based, chlorine-free, biodegradable way to take care of your home and the environment. My favorite part is that their products are packaged and delivered sustainably. They come in a plastic-free, compostable box that doubles as the shipping container. The packaging is so genius for reducing waste. I shared it on my Instagram because I was so excited about it. Plus, their products are also cruelty-free, never tested on animals, and manufactured in the U.S. supporting local jobs and fair wages. If you're looking for a more environmentally friendly way to do your laundry, try Drops. Visit drops.com slash lavendaire. That's spelled D-R-O-P-P-S dot com slash lavendaire and enter lavendaire at checkout to get an extra 30% off your first order of convenient, plastic-free, and eco-friendly cleaning. Every Drops counts. Another thing I wanted to ask is a lot of people think that living zero waste is for the privileged, you know, because you need to have money or, or something mm. to live this kind of lifestyle. What do you say to that? I have to dispel that myth because I myself am an, a Chinese Australian. My parents come from a migrant background. They moved to Australia about 30 years ago from China. And 
if believe it or not, they lived a very zero waste life because really they had to do it for financial reasons. If you think about it, living a truly zero waste life is about having a zero waste, you know, financial bank account as well, not wasting your money. (laughs) So, exactly. So if you think about it, a lot of the the migrant way of living is a a zero waste life. So, you know, uh, buying plastic free produce, they had to buy things from the markets and things like that and buy things in bulk because that was the cheaper Mm -hmm. option. So it's going back to our roots of living more frugally, living more mindfully and saving money at the same time. Yeah. And I know some people live in areas where they don't have those bulk grocery stores. So can you share some resources or, or kind of advice for people who don't have access to all of that? Yeah, bulk stores, there should be more of them. I I truly believe that. But if you don't have access to a bulk store, what I suggest you do is A, firstly, shop at the farmer's markets or shop at the markets on the weekend or B, shop the outer aisles of the supermarket. So what I like to think of when you're actually participating in the zero waste lifestyle is actually you're incidentally part of the zero waste diet as well Mm -hmm. because you're least eating less packaged goods you're eating the fruits and vegetables which are in the outer aisles you can also bring your own containers to the butchers or the deli or wherever you're going to get your cheese and your meat and that will cut down your plastic So if you're shopping the outer aisles and if you bring your own containers to your supermarket, you're eliminating probably about 70% of your waste already. Yeah. And all the other waste, you just think of how to deter it from going to landfill. So what you can do is compost, which is a really easy solution for your fruit and vegetables. Mm -hmm. And also I suggest another tool, which is called a bokashi bin which allows you to ferment your animal products, so your bones, your meat, and your other animal products in a little bin, which is perfectly odorless, and it ferments into a juice, which you can put into as a liquid fertilizer into your garden. So between composting and using your bokashi bin, you will find that most of the waste that you're sending is really just dry waste. So you don't even need a bin liner. You can just line your yeah. rubbish bin or your trash bin with newspaper. Yeah. I saw your um, three-way system blog post, and that's how I discovered what a Bokashi bin was. So I like looked yeah. it up, and right now I live in an apartment, and in the beginning of the year I was like composting, but just like putting it in mm-hmm. the freezer because I don't have like a bin, but I think next mm-hmm. I want to try the Bokashi bin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, what that's a great tip as well. For people who live in apartments, I live in an apartment now. Mm-hmm. What I do is I freeze my fruits and vegetables waste and in, in the freezer and I take it down to the local community garden once a week mm. or I take it to a friend's compost bin. There's a great website called sharewaste.com which allows you to see where your local compost bin is. So you can take it down once a week and the bokashi bin allows you to ferment your animal waste and things like that so Mm. yeah that's a great option as well so between the two of them you would have eliminated probably about 60% of your waste in your household because a lot of our waste is food waste yeah it's true and the fact that like plastic suffocates your food waste that and Mm -hmm. it's just like worse for the environment I think that was something that I needed to know to like change my mind yeah you you knew better now you you're doing better (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, because I think before I learned about that, I never realized that it was bad to throw food waste with plastic together. But 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So you seem like you're doing a lot in your life. How do you balance your time between being a mom, authoring a book, studying to be a doctor and running your blog? Yeah, I have to be honest with you. I'm a typical type A overachiever and I'm a recovering type A overachiever. <laughs> so one thing I've had to learn, mm -hmm. especially in being a mom, is patience. And I go back to that saying that women can have it all, but just not all at once. So last year when I was mm -hmm. launching my book and also pregnant and also about to give birth, I took a year off medicine. So I took a year off studying to focus mm. on these passions of mine and to also be of service. I saw it as a year of giving back. If you think about it, I took a year of being a doctor, which is by no means a financially small incentive for me to do so. But for me, writing that book and spreading the message of zero waste was so important that I had to be of service. I had to donate my time to do that. And I gave a year of my life and I donated a year mm -hmm. of my life to do that and also to have my baby. Yeah. And it was really life-changing because that year was not necessarily about me. It was about my baby, my two babies, my book baby and my real mm -hmm. baby. And in, <laughs> yeah. and in doing so, it also made me realize that we all have to be of service in some way to live a truly mm -hmm. meaningful life because in giving back, I'm also getting back as well. I'm, yes. I, I learned yeah. so much and I think there'll be new opportunities for me. And I'm going into medicine this year with a new mindset. Mm, I love that. It seems like you had a theme for your year of like giving back because birthing a baby and a book is giving something to the world. And it's cool that you kind of set aside a whole year to do that. Yeah, I was very lucky in, in that I had the opportunity to do that. But also at the yeah. same time, I think you're right. I themed that year as a, a sort of a, a giving year, a donation year. And yeah. in being in being a mother, I have to be honest with you, th that was one of the things I never realized. You're giving your whole body, head to oh, toe, yeah. <laughs> to another human being. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> And also with the book itself, I did a eight city tour of the book in Australia mm -hmm. whilst I was six months pregnant and that was oh yeah and every yeah. and every event I did I didn't get paid a cent for it I did it mm -hmm. because I truly believed in the message so I think if you have that mindset of donating your time you really have to just donate without any kind of preconception that you're going to get anything back mm. but the miraculous thing is the universe will give you back in some way or another yeah. with all the lessons that you learn I love that. So we do have a question that someone asked on Facebook. So I'm going to share that. Shreya asked, or she said, I see social media buzzing about the zero waste minimal lifestyle, but all of this is directed towards consumers. In the current scenario, how do you supporters of this lifestyle impact manufacturers? So I think she's asking, like, does the connection to like the businesses who are creating the plastic, do you think it's impacting it? I think it's a, it's an opportunity for them to be more creative. So I was previously an engineer and as an engineer, you really have to have creative solutions to problems. And I think this is an opportunity for all the product makers to find creative so solutions to the plastic mm. problem. Every plastic packaging out there has some sort of sustainable solution already. It's just about thinking outside the box yeah. and also being more mindful that the cheapest option may seem cheap at the time, but what's the true cost to our planet, mm. to ourselves, yeah. and to our future? Yeah, 
Totally. And I'm I'm on board with like you kind of like what you said earlier, lead by example. The more people pick up this lifestyle and this mindset, the more it pressures like the businesses to change the way that they do things. Absolutely. I think the way that we're going about it is that we're going from a bottom up approach. So we're mm-hmm. using our democratic rights that we have, that we're so privileged in the Western world to vote with our dollar, to yeah. be conscious consumers. And with this people power that we're starting from the bottom up, we can make a change. One example I like Mm. to give is when I was living in San Francisco, there is a very popular organic delivery service that I used on a weekly basis. They were wrapping their items in plastic every single week. And this was Mm. an organic delivery service. So I wrote to them. And I used the power of social media and I said, this isn't needed. Mother Nature has created her own packaging. Bananas have peels. Oranges have skins. We don't need plastic for them. Yeah. And you you know what? It worked. It worked. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Aileen, I wrote to them. I used social media. And literally within a couple of months, they eliminated all plastic from their delivery service. And if things did come in a plastic clamshell, they would let their buyers know. So we can opt out of that buying Mm -hmm. that item if we felt like it. Yeah, I love that because it is totally possible. Like these brands are listening to what their audience is saying, obviously, because if they're smart, they're listening to what you're saying. So if you out there, just the listeners, if you truly care about something or if you see a brand that you think can improve, like use a little less plastic, like tell them, use social media because you have a voice. Absolutely. They are based on our money. So vote with your dollar. Use your democratic rights. Mm -hmm. We're so lucky that we both live in these countries that we can be conscious consumers. And every dollar that we spend is a form of voting power. Very true. So now I want to do some rapid fire questions. Feel free to answer with whatever's on the top of your mind. Are you ready? Yes, go for it. (laughs) Okay. What does your dream life look like? My dream life looks like a day or a week in which I can be of service. So seeing patients and teaching them to eat more mindfully, live more mindfully, and at the same time continue with a sustainable business or eco business to continue living a truly zero waste life. I love it. So what is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? Uh, I really recommend a book called Cradle to Cradle. And this is really different from the standard types of books that you may recommend your listeners. It's not a self-help book. It's an engineering book. Ah. But it's a really interesting engineering book that's told in a way that's it makes you, you think about how your products are made. Ah. So our product makers only think of cradle to the grave currently. So how it gets to the consumer and to landfill. But this book is about cradle to cradle, how it goes to consumers, but it never ends up in landfill, how the product can be remade again and again into different items or, and upcycled mm. and recycled infinitely. So it really changes your mindset of how you can put products out there and how as we can, as consumers can buy those products. I love that. I'm definitely going to check that out. Sounds very interesting. Yeah. So what is one habit that has changed your life? Meditation. Mm. I talk about this and I, I've actually written my first journal paper for the Journal of Australasia Aerospace Medicine. And it's about meditation and mindfulness for aviation pilots. Mm. And basically it's a net sum gain because meditation is the only form of mental exercise where it's completely free. It's 
completely low risk and the benefits are immense. So for anyone out there who's doubting this form of exercise, I think of it as mental fitness. If you want to commit to meditation just for Mm -hmm. 10 days and give it a go, why not? You've got nothing to lose. Exactly. Like you have the time. People think they don't have time, but you really just take just like 15 minutes out of your day to practice hone your mind yeah absolutely and the tips that you share on living a more productive life allows people to squeeze out that 10 minutes Mm -hmm. that's all you need yeah so what's the best life or career advice you've ever gotten i would say you do you and I don't know where that came from, but I mm-hmm. think uh, my girl, one of my girlfriends from New Zealand actually told me that. She goes, you do you, girl. And that has been yeah. the best <laughs> advice ever because often, like you say, we feel the need to persuade or preach or convert people to our lifestyle. But really, you do you. You just do what you yes. do and lead by example and others will see that you're happy living more mindful life and they will they will flock to you they will magnetize towards you and ask you what's what are you doing (laughs) yeah 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 so you do you that's the best motto (laughs) awesome lastly finish the sentence the most amazing part about life is love yeah i think that we as humans we forget that we're actually animals as well and we're social beings and one of the things that Mm -hmm. animals or social beings Um, really need is love and it may not be the typical romantic love that people think of but it could be love of work or love of friends or love of even a pet Mm -hmm. but love is something that we need and to do that we need a sense of community so I would say get out there get out into the world and and really feel like you belong to a bigger wider community I love that because sometimes I know a lot of our listeners are introverts and tend to like stay inside and inward but yes social connection and love is so important absolutely I think we're we're living in a world where we have social media but we're not actually being socially minded that we're not getting out into the world yeah Firstly, we need to have those connections within our community and our wider community, but we also need the connection back to our environment, that we need to see grass and greenery Mm -hmm. and and get our hands dirty and feel our connection to the wider world. Yes. So where can our listeners find you online? So my Instagram is probably where they can find my everyday tips on zero waste living, and that is rocket underscore science. Um, They can also find me at anitavanduck.com and A Zero Waste Life in 30 Days is available on, on Book Depository and with free worldwide shipping. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anita. It was such a nice time to have you on the show. I'm inspired to incorporate more zero waste into my life. And I do have your book, so I'm going to go through those too. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on your show. As I mentioned before, I've always been a huge fangirl and you've supported me along my minimalism journey. So I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. All right, I hope you liked that interview with Anita Van Dyke. I know I liked it a lot. It really re-inspired me to take this zero-waste lifestyle into consideration and incorporate it more into my life, reduce my plastic usage. I think I was trying at it for a bit and then I kind of got lazy. I kind of forgot about it and fell off the wagon. And this inspires me to like put myself back on. Personally, this year has been a big challenge because I learned about zero-waste last year when I was living at home. And when I moved in with my boy, 
boyfriend this year. It was like two people with different values living together. I wanted to buy a small trash can. He wanted a big trash can. I'm like, no, I don't want to create waste in this house. I tried to compost and he hated the compost pile. And so it was a struggle to just work at it. And just like any journey, we have ups and downs and there are bumps in the road. But this interview just reminded me that any progress is better than no progress. Anything that you can do to leave a gentler footprint on the planet, anything to just be a little bit more mindful matters. It's not about perfection. It's not about achieving zero. It's about working towards that goal. And I'm really glad that Anita came on the show to re-inspire all of us to reduce our waste and live a more mindful life. If you have any thoughts or comments, if you just want to chat with me about zero waste, you can find me on Twitter at Lavender. Share some tips for me, please. Just at me. Let me know. I'll be reading the comments and going through there. We'll move the conversation to Twitter and try that out. All right. Love you guys so much. Talk to you next time. Bye. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Next, make sure you check out the 2019 Artist of Life workbook and the daily planner by Lavendaire on my website, lavendaire.com shop. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavendaire, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.